Okay. So Peter just can't win. <laughs> Peter cannot catch a break. Um, this is part two of what I call the Great Christ debacle. Um, so we, we haven't been going in order through the book of Mark, so you'll have to kind of think back a couple of weeks ago when Peter said, you are the Christ in front of all the disciples, and Jesus told him, be quiet. And then right after that said, get behind me, Satan. So it's pretty clear, like, Peter didn't quite know what he was saying uh, when he called him Christ. And then here in this story, Peter's like, wow, Moses, Elijah, the Messiah, let's all hang out together. And Mark calls him out by saying, Peter was just about to wet himself and talking nonsense. Like he's utterly terrified. Um, Peter cannot catch a break. And that's kind of how he is like throughout all the gospels. He's notorious for being the guy who has half the story and goes full speed with that. Okay, so he's the ready, fire, aim guy consistently again and again and again. But getting, uh, you know, moving in only half the story Having half the story, half the information, and acting on that is constantly getting him in trouble. But it seems innocent enough to us, right? It seems like he's got good intentions. He's trying to do the right thing. I mean, he did say that Jesus is the Christ, right? I mean, all he has here is this glorious experience. He just wants to be in the presence of God and these great historic figures in Israel's history. What's so bad about that? He has these good intentions, and that's what I think makes it so unsettling to see Jesus' response to Peter's good intentions and Peter's efforts and these half-truths. It's unsettling to see that because we act so often in these half-stories and these half-truths, and we say things like, Jesus is the Christ— Right, so that can't, I mean, that's true. But a half-truth looks like this. Jesus is the Christ. So he wouldn't possibly lead me in a situation where I might feel pain or discomfort or poverty or have to give something because Christ is a victorious figure. Jesus is God. And yet, I still can't find five minutes out of my day consistently to do a devotion with him, much less to pray for any substantial amount of time to him. But he's my God, right? This is a half story. Uh, he is my savior, right? Full of grace and truth, saved me in his grace. And yet I still feel obligated to hold other people to a higher standard of grace and forgiveness and, and charity. See, I know that he is God and Christ and savior. And because I know these things, that's good enough. And that's what I think is so unsettling for us. Because if we learn anything from the Peter-Jesus dynamic, it's that good enough is never good enough. Right? Peter gets halfway and Jesus says, not good enough. We say, well, he's at least proclaiming the Christ. He's at least pro following Jesus. He's trying to do the right thing. That's good enough. That's, he's doing more than I would ever expect myself to do. That's good enough. And Jesus says, not good enough. That is unsettling. That is disturbing. Jesus isn't interested 
in a half truth, in a half story. So what, what is it? What, what does he want? What does he want from these men on this mountaintop? What does he want from Peter? What does he want for us? To experience something glorious. To see the face of Christ lit up, dazzling. To be on a, you know, a, a figurative spiritual mountaintop experience. Is that what he wants for these men? Is that what he wants for us? Yes. Yes, it is. But that's only half the story. That's only half of what he wants for us. And it might look something more like this in our day-to-day. You know, we, we come to church. And how do we, how do we leave? It was a good, good music, good message, good coffee, good crowd. Like, I feel like I experienced God in that moment. Or the opposite may be true. Music was off today. Message didn't really apply coffee, eh, there weren't many people there. I don't feel like I really encountered God here, right? So we, we operate with, with half the story, expecting a mountaintop experience, or if we, if, we, if we find that experience and we say, wow, I never want this feeling to end. I never want to come down off this mountaintop. That's kind of like what Peter was saying here. Let's pitch a few tents. Let's stay here. Let's hang out. This is awesome. Let's, let's stay right here. And Mark says, that is crazy talk. Peter didn't know what he was saying. But that's how, it's disturbing that that's how we react. I never want to leave this. I never want to stop this experience. I never want this to end. So it is unsettling that Jesus is not interested in these half-truths. It's also a huge relief that Jesus is not interested in in these half-truths. That's a huge relief. So if we back up a little bit, um, you know, Peter making half a confession that he is the Christ, Peter talking with half his brain, we need to stay here. Just before these events, you have a man who is blind. Jesus heals him. Put yourself in, put yourself in this situation. You're one of the disciples. You watch this go down. Jesus heals him, and the guy says, well, I can kind of see. It looks like tree, people... I see people, but they look like trees walking around. Can you imagine Jesus saying, all right, that's close enough. You see something. That's good. Like that, that would be disturbing, right? It's a relief that Jesus says, no, that's not good enough. And he restores the man's sight completely. Then you have Peter saying, you are the Christ, but I don't really know what that means. You have Peter on the mountaintop. I'm in the presence of Moses, Elijah, and the Messiah, but I don't quite know what that means. Jesus is taking him through this healing process. That's what we're reading. Where Peter says, you are the Christ, the victory of Israel. God says, this is my son, and he's about to die. So Peter's getting this healing experience. His sight is being slowly restored. So as Christ, you have Jesus leading and restoring Israel, but as the Son of God, as only the Son of God can do, you have him bearing the sins of the world. So you hear this all-too-familiar verse in John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish, but have eternal life. Just hang out there real quick. If we we are half blind, 
we might say, wow, this Christ, this Jesus, this Savior, I will follow him to life everlasting. That's true. Um, But that's half the story. This message that God speaks to his disciples, he speaks to us as well. Who is this? Who do you say that I am? Who is this that we're worshiping here this morning? Who is, in whose presence do we sit now? This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. So half our sight would say, yes, I want to follow the son of God to life. But with our sight fully restored, we say, I, I will follow him everywhere. To life, yes, but first to death. As Christ says, count the cost. Know where I am going. Know I am going to the cross. So yeah, it is good for us to be here in the presence of the law and the prophets and the word of God. The presence of God himself speaking to us by his word, knowing that we have invoked the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. We can receive this as a mountaintop experience, knowing that God is with us. It is good for us to be here. And sometimes we don't want that to end. And parents of the littles are like, yeah, right. I haven't, <laughs> haven't quite reached that point where I would want church to go on forever. Um, but nevertheless, like, you, you, know, you, know what this, you know what this feels like, where sometimes our hearts and our brains and God's word aligns just perfectly where we, we may want to just drop to our knees. We may want to cry out loud. We may want to lift up our hands. We may want to clap, and we don't want that to end. But but listen, there is one reason God takes us to the mountaintop. There's one reason God took his disciples to the mountaintop, and that is to give them the strength and the clarity of sight to come back down. God took Peter and James and John and even Jesus himself to the mountaintop to give him the strength from the law and the prophets and the clarity of sight to know his mission so that they could come down and know what they have to do. So just know we will come down this morning. We will come down. But when we do, we leave this place with the whole story that the son of God does join us, but he joined us first in death to bring us life. He joined us first in death to join us in life, to call us to life. So as you, as you leave this place with that story, let's do so with clarity of sight. Who's at the bottom of the mountain? Who's waiting for us to come down and say, here's what we're doing. Here's where we're going. Here's the God that we just saw. And here's the mission that he just sent us on. Who's, who's down there, part of your life, waiting to hear that right now? And, and you may say, well, uh, again, to throw back to last week, I don't have that gift. Or I don't have anyone in my life to say that to. I don't have anything to say. I wouldn't know what to say, even if I did have someone to say it to. You know, we say Listen to to what God's word declares about you. You are the child of God. You're the son or the daughter of God. 
Now compare that, the testimony of God. You are my son, you are my daughter. Compare that with this self-talk. I have nothing to say. I have no one to say it to. Something does not quite add up. I feel like there's like a half blindness going on when we say, I don't have anything to say. I don't know what to say. I don't have anyone to bring God's word to. So let's, let's, open, let's open this up a little bit because you, you know exactly what God's word says about you. If you are his child, you know exactly what God's word says about you because you are in Christ and God says it about Christ. This is my son. Are you in him? This is my son. You are my son. You are my daughter. This is my son. This is my daughter whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to her. So not only are you coming down out of here with God at your back, but you definitely have something to say. So let's say it, right? 